Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAG, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAG is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAG, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome back to the Local Report Extra Podcast. Uh, you're joining me directly after we've actually just got to Wembley and it may only be the checker trade as some people are saying, but I'm as excited as I can remember, to be honest. Really professional performance, the fourth win on the bounce, um, but we're back on League Form, uh, League One this Saturday. Uh, we travel to Wickham, a team who probably give us the toughest game at the Stadium of Light this season, I must be honest. And to discuss everything Wickham Wanderers, we've got Nicholas Tunney, sports reporter for the Bucks Free Press, and to give us a lowdown on their most recent form and all their players, is himself. How are you doing, Nick? Are you well? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm in a good mood. We've we've reached Wembley, and like <laughs> I say, many people may say it's a checker trade, but anyone who went to Covent Garden in 2014 or has seen the videos will understand why I'm excited. Um, how are things at Wickham this season, though? Um, overall, I think you know, I think they're punching above their weight still. Um, it's been very up and down um, since the turn of the year, but uh, overall, I think you know, if you ask the gaffer, I think he'd still be happy with the position they're in. Yeah. And when you're looking at sort of the team that came against us at the start of the season, I was just saying there in the introduction, um, well, start of the season, it was November time. I think in memory, you'll probably decide that gave us the toughest game at the stadium and almost took took the whole three points. Um, but you've just obviously been promoted, as you say, punching above your weight a little bit. So what is it that has been so impressive about Wickham's performance this season that makes you be punching above your weight? Uh, I think just the way they've adapted to the division, really. Um, you know, coming up from League Two, you know, it was a great achievement to get automatic promotion last season. You know, the club wanted to, you know, challenge for promotion and be in and around the playoffs at least. But to get automatic was great. Um, to be honest, it's the way they're they're playing against teams who've got much bigger budgets than they have. I mean, they really do have one of the smallest budgets in the division, um, and the way Ainsworth is. Uh, adapting tactically to to different teams. I mean, the bigger sides in the league, uh, your likes of Luton, Barnsley, yourselves, Peterborough, 
I mean, at home uh, uh, so far against uh, the bigger sides, they seem to be unbeaten. They drew with Luton, beat Barnsley, beat Peterborough. Still, obviously, yourselves and, and the likes of Portsmouth to play. But um, it, it's it's just the different styles of play they they've they can do. You know, they're not just you know direct and put it up to Adebayo in Fenway. You know, they can play different ways, pace on the break. So, um, kind of the different styles of playing, I think. And a lot of teams, I think, have looked at Wickham's performance at the Stadium Light and pretty much based based their game on how Wickham got on against us and very, very, very different to how any team at that point had approached us. The big thing about that game in November is, as you say, the big name and the big person is Akin Fenwa, but he didn't even play. Yeah. Um, do you think Wickham play a better football with or without him? <laughs> it's a very tough one. I think, you know... Uh, you know, I mentioned those games against Barnsley and Peterborough at home that they both, they won one nil, yeah. uh, and the big the big man was injured. They play a lot of pacier style, um, but there's one player who's missing from those games as well, and that's Fred Onya Dimmer, who actually um, scored at the Stadium of Light. He's been a yes. big loss. Um, couldn't get him back on loan in January from Millwall. Uh, he's one player they're definitely missing at the moment. But uh, with Bayo, you know, there's games where he has turned it around. You know, Doncaster at home. 2-0 down with 15 minutes to go that bring the big man on and he, he just bullied their defence into submission and they won 3-2 an incredible uh, game 95th minute winner against a good you know a very very good side and uh, there's games that Akinfen was definitely suited to and there's games maybe that he isn't so much um, whether he'll be playing on Saturday or not I don't know um, but either way you know he's still such a weapon to have uh, and if he doesn't start him coming off the bench um, you know, he's always he's always a tough prospect to come up against. Looking at the formation you played against Peterborough, I noticed it seemed to be like a flat back four, but then you have three midfielders across the middle. You've got uh, Dominic Gape or, or, as a gap here, as a Gape, I would imagine. Gape, Gape, uh, Gape. I thought so. I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure it wasn't any kind of like nice, you know, accent on the end. Uh, Thompson and Freeman, but then you've got Bloomfield in front of them and sort of like literally the number ten. Is that a formation that Wickham would usually play because it felt a little bit different at the stadium light. Yeah, I mean they can you know generally his tried and trusted formation would be a four three three. Um I think I think Peterborough actually Freeman was kind of on the left hand of that strike force with Alex Samuel on the right and Akin Femmer through the middle. Although at Ainsworth, you know, he can play the diamond um four four two. So he does mix up a bit. Very occasionally he'd even play wing backs but that's quite, you know, it's quite sporadic. So normally I'd expect a diamond in midfield or, or the or the four three three. Um, that's generally his tried and trusted formations. And obviously, I think everyone's got specific players that you would look out for. The big one for me was obviously Akon Fen was the obvious name, but I noticed you've got McCarthy as well from Southampton. Um, yeah, who's here at Southampton? Um, is it's just a case of he's a name that I've noticed, or is it, it seems like he's one of your key centre halves alongside. I think Jacobson's chipped in with a quite a few goals as well from left back, hasn't he? Yeah, well, McCarthy he's played centre half a few times, but he's mainly a right back. You know, he's marauding up up that right flank. Mm-hmm. He's for me one of the best fullbacks in the division. He can certainly cut it at a high level. He's only young still. Um, you know, very very good attacking wise. Gets a lot of assists going forward. You know, he's a real threat, but actually defensively very very solid. Good in the air, good distribution. Uh, he's got all the attributes to be a top, top defender. Now, Ainsworth has been there a heck of a long time. And there's a there's a big case you could have for, and I think many fans feel like, you know, longevity of a manager because it doesn't really happen anymore. 
does really help sort of form a football club because you begin to get an identity. And I felt like, um, I do feel like Wickham have one. Uh, but like you say, you're completely punched above your weight. I think at the moment, 12th in the league, which is brilliant for any club that's been sort of promoted from their division below, um, from League Two. But you had quite a poor start of the season, if I remember correctly. It was quite a difficult start and you sort of really picked it up. What was it that made that change? Um, I'm just trying to look back to the first win. Um, I mean, they, they beat Bradford away, I think was their first victory. Yeah. And again, that was without the big man playing. I, I mean, they just, I think maybe teams thought they were getting a bit predictable, easy to play against, you know, Akin Femmer, maybe crowd him out, someone screen him in front of the back four. Um, but, you know, Ainsworth, as I say, fair play to be found a different way of playing without Akin Femmer. They went on a good, they went on a good run. Um, and, you know, as I say, they beat Peterborough at home, they beat Barnsley at home, went on a really good run, beat Accrington away, beat Shrewsbury at home played Gillingham off the park in the first half in mid-December. But then then they kind of lost four on the spin around sort of Christmas, New Year. And it was only when Akifema kind of came back into the team, actually went on another small you know, mini unbeaten run in Jan, um, in February, uh, Jan, February time. They went on five matches unbeaten. But uh, with kind of, you know, again, I'll say it again, with Onya Dimmer not, featuring now that is that is a huge loss I think a lot of fans think the same it's not for the want of trying to get him back I think Millwall wanted another striker in on uh, transfer deadline day before they could let Onya Dimba go back to Wickham but um, he it is such a big loss you know him and him and Akinfemra I remember a game home to Scunthorpe similar to Doncast lost 2-0 but they were actually dominant uh, sorry 2-0 down they were actually dominant in that game uh, and Onya Dimmer and Akifemra just tore Scunthorpe to ribbons. I mean, it really was phenomenal performance from those two up up top. And they're just they're suffering a bit without without Fred. But um, you know they've still got you know they brought in young Luke Bolton from Man City, who's, who's a highly rated prospect. And yeah, you know I think there'll be a game where he can click into gear. And hopefully Saturday you can see he's got a lot of pace. He's he's got some talent. Um, he's still struggling to adapt. You know he's only played under twenty threes, and it is a lot different. But I think I think. You'll see him, um, you know, tear a team or two apart before the end of the season. Hopefully that starts Saturday. Whether he'll start or not, I don't know. Um, but it'll be interesting to see Ainsworth's lineup and formation. It's strange you mentioned about Luke Bolton. I was going to ask about him because uh, we obviously played Manchester City under-21s in the Checker Trade Trophy this year. And it was before he went to Wickham. And he was one of the players that I looked at. And he was actually one of, not not a star player, but like a standout player from... Um, Manchester City's, uh, I think it was their tour away to say China or something like that, and they they played Dortmund or something, and he'd had two really really terrific games allegedly in sort of the preseason. Mm. Um, but you mentioned he hasn't massively hit the ground running, but you can see the potential in him. Is he getting played at um, at right back mainly, or is he going further up the field? No, I mean he he he's been playing at right back. He's he's coming at right back. He's coming at right mid uh, in the front three. But also, uh, he did pick up, uh, he was concussed against Barnsley and then couldn't mm-hmm. play against Gillingham and he came off the bench against Peterborough. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's got it, you could tell. I mean, he's lightning quick, actually. I mean, he's, you know, for a small guy, he's stocky. He's, you know, you wouldn't worry about him being brushed off the ball easily. So, um, I think that's good. I've interviewed him as well. He's a really confident, lovely young lad as, as well. And I think he's really fitted in well at, at Wickham, it's just just that game. It's something to ignite his you know career 
on loan at Wickham. And hopefully, as I say, this Saturday could be it. Um, I wonder whether Ainsworth will chuck him in to start. I would. I. I, I think it might be a good a good thing. Um, you know, let him off the leash a little bit and just yeah. say, you know, no pressure. They're not expected maybe to beat Sunderland or or to get anything from from that game. So, you know, I'd maybe say to to Luke Bolton, you know, give it a right good go and and see what happens. In reference to you know, you mentioned that you you maybe don't expect to beat Sunderland, and you know, I suppose we are in good form. Don't get me wrong, and I've looked through your most recent form, and it's it's not the best, but you have came up against some pretty good sides that are in and around the top of the league. Um, but I'm going to go back again to the the one team that this season I thought genuinely was going to take us at the stadium like was Wickham. Um, is there an air of confidence around Wickham's fans? With the current form, I'm not sure. Um, at home, they have been on the whole very, very good this season. Normally, uh, historically, Wickham have been better on the road. It's at Adams Park they've struggled. Even last season, to an extent, you know, their away form was what got them automatic promotion. But this year, they've only won three on the road. Mm-hmm. Um lost the last four on the road I think um, but they've had some very tough games three of the last four which they've lost Luton away Barnsley away Peterborough away yeah. and at Barnsley and Peterborough you know I was at Peterborough on Saturday you know two and all down after 10 minutes you know you're always asking for trouble but we can battle back actually um, you know got it back to 2-1 and in Madison he was absolutely brilliant on Saturday he really was exceptional scored an unbelievable free kick but start the second half at 3-1 down Wickham with a by far the better team uh, got it to 3-2 um, you, you know and but then an absolute you know just a real hammer blow for Madison then got the fourth goal uh, I, I think if Wickham got a third and equalised I think they may have gone on to win it such the fine margins but you know even at Barnsley lost 2-1 you know a bit of a soft penalty gave away they, they battled back well you know, Luton, you know, they're outplayed at Luton, but Luton have been absolutely unbelievable in recent weeks. Yeah. So there's no disgrace in that, really. It's just that Gillingham game at home, you know, 1 0 loss. Gillingham really only had one chance in that match, and Wickham had, had, a, had plenty of chances to win that game comfortably. So that, that's the kind of game that, that gives them a real kick in the teeth. It's not these games against the big sides away from home that they're expecting to get anything from, even though they haven't played too badly. Um, they just need to get a a win under their belt. They've been on 43 points for a long time. Ainsworth keeps talking about a magical 55 points. Look, I'm still very confident that they'll stay up. I've got no no doubt in my mind about that. Um, you know, and everyone was tipping them for relegation at the start of the season. So what an effort it would be for um, for Wickham to, to stay up. But, you know, they just, you know, I think this game on, on Saturday is the last kind of game where maybe you look at and think, right, maybe the pressure's off a little bit. After that, they've got the likes of Ackerton and, and Shrewsbury, which uh, were huge. So I think this game, I think Ainsworth might take the shackles off a little bit and see what happens. So from a, a fan base perspective, sitting in 12th, you would think you've got half an eye on the playoffs, but I know obviously it's a, that will take a big, it'll take a big push. Like I'm, I think, you know, you can see that with the points differences, but for Wickham this season, is it a case of, you know, head above water, if you can finish around sort of 12th to 15th, that's more than an impressive season for you. Or do you feel like you could have pushed on a little bit more and maybe impressed even further? Uh, I think 12th to 15th would be brilliant. Um, I mean, Gareth says 20th would be brilliant, but uh, <laughs> you know, they they every time they've got to the fringes of the playoffs twice this season, every time they've done that, they've slipped away again, you know. And I think Gareth, I think rightly, he says that's because we just haven't got enough maybe to push on, you know. That, that, that time, November, you know, they're unbeaten when they drew yourselves, beat Peterborough on three of their four games, and then at the start of December, beating Barnsley. 
I, I think they got to within three points, and you know, I think I think fans were getting excited, you know, thinking, "Wow, could we push for the playoffs here?" But Ainsworth, as, as he always is, you know, he's very cautious. You know, he, you know, I think he looks at the table and says, "We're punching above our weight here. This is great where we are." But you know, look at the bigger picture. We're in a sixteen-team relegation battle, as he describes it. You know, he's nobody's fool, Gareth, and. Uh, uh, recent weeks show that maybe actually he's right. Um, but as I say, you know, the, the, the home form is, is they've done really well at home. I think they went on a club or equal to club record, six wins on the spin at home, November, December um, time. So there are no mugs at Adams Park. You know, there's a lot of good teams who've come away pointless this season. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Jack Ross is wary of, of that fact. Most definitely. And I think anyone listening to this may agree. Uh, when Wickham played, it, it seemed for a little while that after the performance you put in at the stadium, like we sort of changed or the team changed up a little bit. Um, we weren't, I don't know, Wickham just had the making of us that day. They just seemed to understand what we were doing and how to stop it and really, really close to getting those three points, which would have been the only team that took the three points so far at the stadium light. And I definitely think, you know, I'm 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 not super confident about Saturday, but how impressive do you think um, Gareth Ainsworth is? Because he, he seems to go under the radar a little bit, and he's kept his job for a reason. What a great guy! Um, fantastic bloke. Uh, really, you know, he's just such a he's such a calming influence. I think, really, you know, the way he conducts himself around the training ground. You know, I got pressed tomorrow morning. You know, I always look forward to chatting to Gareth. Um, I'm a QPR fan and he's an ex-QPR player, you know, great guy um, to chat to. I think, I think with Gaz, he, he, you know, it's his, he, as you say, I think we use the word, you know, he's moulded the club into his own, into his yeah. own, into his own image as such. Um, he's got stalwarts there like Matt Bloomfield, who he used to play with. Um, and Bloom's uh, incredibly might make his 500, 500th appearance for the club on Saturday. Um, you know, he's been there since 2003 and, yeah, you know, they're a hard-working team, but they've got some flair. Um, and, and yeah, he does go under the radar a little bit. You know, he's not mentioned for these jobs. You know, the Reading job's come up a few times this or a couple of times this season. Um, you know, I think, you know, I hate to say it, but I think a club at a higher level will take a punt on him one day. And, uh, you know, I think it's... Uh, you know, I think he's the second longest serving manager in the country. I think that's right. Uh, yeah, he's been there about six, six, seven years. Yeah, I think. so you know, incredibly loyal. You know, he's he's worked on a shoestring budget for many years. Um, you know, there's there's lots of talk off the pitch about investment coming uh, in the summer, which would be great for the club, great for the infrastructure, um, and hopefully they can nail Gareth down for a few more years yet. Because I think if if he's given some money to work with, he could be uh, a hell of a manager. He's got an incredible eye for a player. You know loan players he's got over the years, lots of Alfie Mawson who he got from Brentford, who Brentford didn't want. You know, Alfie Mawson's now gone on to be, you know, England squad honours and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's really been quite impressive. He was at uh, Swansea. What he, he was at Swansea in the Premiership long ago and obviously he's moved on upwards as well. But That's right. Yeah. And every, and every easy last season, you know, he's now first name on a team sheet at QPR. Yeah. Um, you know, great player. Um, and... You know, uh, Nico Yonaris, who's, who's at Brentford, um, you know, very, very good player. I think he's injured at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, they seem, to, seem to, he's just got an eye for a player. And I think, you know, shows that these teams in the Premier League and Championship trust Gareth. You know, Luke Bolton's from Man City. You know, I think they've heard about the great job that Gareth does with these players and moulds them. And, uh, 
you know fantastic the fantastic work he's done and yeah he does go under the radar but I think that's 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 great for Wickham that he does uh hopefully you know they want him to stay there as long as possible with them um, with Luke Bolton like you're saying going to, to Wickham as well the proof's definitely in the pudding uh, going to Wickham as well with Luke Bolton um going there I think the proof is most definitely in the pudding as well because um, like I was saying, when we were speaking to a Man City fan, he was like a Manchester City under-23 sort of expert pretty much. And he was saying how they kind of prefer to keep the players away from the loan system and keep them within the, the ethos of what is that Manchester City and the passing ethos and the idea of the way Guardiola wants them to play. So he, if he's allowed one of their top youngsters to go to Wickham, obviously he, he trusts in the person he's going to. But... Could you, you'll be able to direct me right on this. I'm, I'm sure if I remember correctly that Wickham are pretty much fan-owned, aren't they, essentially? Yes. Uh, a trust-owned club, um, basically, you know, owned by the fans. It's um, But as I say, there, there's investment talk uh, with a couple of, of bids from, from parties. Um, so uh, one with potentially a majority stake, the other with a minority. So um, interesting times off the pitch, potentially exciting ones, you know, but what a you know, great job. Um, the trust have done in, in just helping out Gareth when you know he needs these players, you know, um, just to try and get a couple of players over the line that that he, that he needs to get in. I mean, uh, you know, they the you know the likes of uh, David Stockdale. I know, know this is and that was emergency loan, but it just shows the uh, you know that he wanted to come here and, and play and what he was brilliant for two or three games last yeah. season. You know, they got uh, you know Fred on your dimmer back obviously this season. Last season, every easy was on fire for them at the early part of the season, uh, and you know the, you know the club have to cough up you know loan fees and stuff, and and you know I know I know Gareth he gets on very well with the board and he speaks to them about targets and they they really do try their best to get these targets over the line, but it is hard with with barely any money in the pot, and uh, um, like I say, you know if if the you know the investment talk um, cracks on and and they get get it over the line, it could be. Very, very exciting next season for Wickham. You know, they just got to get over the line here, stay up in League One and, and prepare for next season, hopefully. So we've spoken an awful lot about so Akin Fenwa. I mentioned uh, Joe Jacobson before. Obviously, we've mentioned McCarthy as well. But if you were to pick out three players that you think are match winners or could potentially, based on the way they play, cause Sunderland problems, who would be the three that you would pinpoint for us to watch? Um, well, I'd go on his day, you know... The, Paris Carroll on his day has has got a bit of X factor, you know. He he can flit in and out of games occasionally, but he is a when he's in the mood, he's a very very fine player. Um, you know, he can go on both feet. He's quick. He can conjure up something out of nothing. Um, yeah. He can play on the right or the left. He's a very good player. Scott Cashkett is another. He's he's had a tough time with injury, but burst onto the scene a couple of years ago in League Two. Scored 20 goals in about 25 games. Ridiculous ratio, but he, he missed pretty much the whole of last season with a really bad injury. Uh, he's been in and out of the team this season, but if he gets a chance, normally he buries it. Very lively little uh, nippy front man. And then Nick Freeman. Now, Freeman is an interesting one. He, he's kind of the closest player in the squad to Onya Dimma. They've got very, very direct runner. He can go on either foot. Terrific. And every time he gets a chance, I'm always impressed with Freeman. You know, he's a really, really good young player. They got him. They picked him up from non-league a couple of years ago, and he's really developed. He's coming at leaps and bounds. Um, you know, he's developed physically as well. He's a, he's a really excellent young prospect, and uh, I expect him to to cause Sutherland some problems with 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 the way he plays, actually. And on the flip side, who is it that you would be quite nervous about from a Wigan perspective, looking at Sunderland? I know obviously we've got a few players that maybe are. 
bang on form. Um, but from the outside looking in, who's the ones that you fear and where, where can we cause you problems? Aidan McGeady. Yes. Would be the one. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, if they afford him as much space as they did Madison last week, they'll get punished. You know, so he's he's one player they've got to watch out for. You know, he's played at the highest level um, for club and country. He's a terrific player. Also, um, you know, he, he's he really is uh, a great player. And obviously, Luke Nine coming back. Um, yeah, you just hope he doesn't haunt his old club. Uh, he actually came back earlier this season. Uh, non-playing, I think Sunderland had a weekend off. Yeah, he got a great reception. You know, he didn't leave the club under a cloud. Very well likes it at Wanderers. I always, you know, got a lot of time for him. He's a great, great to speak to as press. He's just a bundle of energy. Um, and I've seen that he's playing at right back and obviously doing yeah. very well. You know, we obviously Wickham fans know him more as a centre midfielder. who's a fantastic player for the club over a few years. You know, he really, last season, uh, him and Akin Fenwer for me were the two best players in the squad. Um, you know, it's a huge loss when when he went in the summer. I know Gareth really felt it. Actually, he was really gutted to to lose him. But um, you know, it's great to see him doing so well now. And uh, you know, Wickham have got a, you know Dominic Gape is a very good midfielder, as is Curtis Thompson, who's arguably been player of the season so far for Wanderers. So um, yeah, it's uh, you know they, they've got they've got the replacements there for 09. But yeah, he was a big loss for Wickham. But and hopefully, uh, as I say, he doesn't return to haunt his old club on. Um, on Saturday, I really wanted to, to to end on the discussion with Luke and I held it back and held it back and <laughs> put it in the right place. You see, I'm learning with experience. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No, I was I was wanting you to hopefully wax lyrical about him so I could go into further. Um, now, Luke Luke nine. Um, I won't labour too much because there'll be a lot of Sunderland fans listening to this. But if there's any Wickham fans like listening in and think, what do we think of Luke nine? We absolutely love him. Like we absolutely love him, and it's been been very weird his transition um into that kind of like lovableness because i'll open like honestly hold my hands up and say that you know when he started at the start of the season he was like a rabbit in the headlights he just looked lost and a bundle of energy but not like he had much about him but um he scored against shrewsbury about the back end of september october time beginning of october i think um and since then he's just never looked back and he came on in midfield and uh, did quite well, and then he, he got pushed into right back. Just I think just for a, a tester game, I think, and like the checker trade to see what he'd be like. And I think you know the press asked him, said, um, you know, have you ever played right back? And I think he said, yeah, on FIFA, I've played right back. <laughs> so he's completely new to this right back position, but he's banged in five goals, and I think four of them have come from right back, pretty much. And we just absolutely love him as a character. He just totally gets. Sunland as a whole, he seems to just have this such a, like his energy is not just running about a lot. His energy is just there. He's always got a smile on his face. He's he's always one of the ones that's going to be interviewed. I mean, we we have a a guy called Connor Bromley who many people will know. Used to I spoke to him this week on email actually. Ah, you spoke to <laughs> yeah. Connor. Fantastic. Well, Con- Connor, you will know. Um, recently got a job with Sunland, but he I spoke to him and just asked him how you know how things are going. Is there any players that he's spoken to? Um, and he's like, Lugo Nine is just up for anything. He's just up for doing any video. He's up for any interview and things like that. But um, are you surprised that he's kind of achieved at right back for Sunderland? Or are you not surprised that he's just achieved anywhere on the pitch because he's such a lovable, good player? No, not surprised at all. Uh, he's a very driven guy. Is one thing you, 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 I always got from him from interviewing him. You know, he's, he, he always wanted to better himself. And, you know, I think if he's asked to play anywhere, he'll give it give as good as he gets, to be honest. 
it's, you know, he's got, he is one of the fittest players. He was one of the fittest players at Wickham. So he's got that ability to bomb up and down that right-hand flank all day long. Uh, his distribution's good. He was always a fantastic tackler. He could do a defensive job. He could score goals. He was he was a box-to-box midfielder. I'm I'm not at all surprised how well he's doing at right back. You know, I've caught glimpses of of the way he's been playing there, um, and and great. You know, it's great to see him playing. You know, I know he's, he's finding it hard to break into to the centre midfield, and it's great that, that they've they've put him somewhere where he could do a job. And wow, you know, five goals from right back. That's absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, you know, I think everyone at Wickham, you know, is absolutely delighted to see how how well he's doing. Yeah, he's been he's been fantastic, and I think um, even though he didn't get into the team, like I say, I think I'm sure it was September October time, really, before he even got his first goal. Um, he's definitely up there, you know, outside of McGeady, McLaughlin uh, is probably our player of the year. He's just everyone loves him. He's such a lovable guy. He's like a total cult hero here now, yeah. and we yeah. adore him. Um, we absolutely adore him. He's fantastic, and it, it seems like he's had that personality a long time. <laughs> yeah, 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 he has. He has. He's 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 just a great bloke. You know, I think he's well liked by everyone. You know, a real a real bundle of energy. You know, pleasure to interview. I remember when they got promoted at Chesterfield. You know. We're interviewing him, and he got his dad on Facetime, and uh, <laughs> you know he's just he's just he's just a great guy. And I'm actually, ho- hopefully, going to chat to him tomorrow on the phone. Um, you know, organised by the, by the great guys at Sunderland, uh, the press office. So um, I look forward to catching up with him, and um, yeah, hope- hopefully, as I say, he doesn't uh, haunt Wickham too much on Saturday. But after that, he can uh, score as many goals as he like. <laughs> so, can I push you for a prediction on Saturday? I think Wickham. I can't. I, I can't see him. Or see this losing run carry on. I think I think it'll be a draw. I think it'll be one all. One all. I'll, ah, you know, I'm, uh, we've won the last four, so I always feel like there may be something coming to a halt. But we need to win. There's there's no room for draws for us anymore. Yeah. Um, we need to make sure on the tails of Barnsley and, and hopefully get a result of Barnsley as well. And we're on a high from we're on a high from Wembley. So I'm I'm going to go for a, I'll go for another two nil, our third in the row, and I'm going to go for Luke nine to score both. <laughs> um, just to see what the reaction would be. I imagine he would celebrate, and I kind of hope he does. He seems like the kind of lad that would do that in a really respectful way, and you'd still end up really liking him after it. I don't know why I think that, but nonetheless, there you go. Yeah. No, I think, I think uh, you know, if you go back to your old club, regardless of the relationship you've got, I think you should celebrate, you know. You shouldn't... So do I. I. I think you should. You know, we're, we're, I think the fans, they love him. Uh, you know, he'll get a great reception, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, uh, he's still well loved at the club, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on Saturday. I think that, as I say, the aforementioned Nick Freeman, um, that's kind of his side. Uh, that should be a really interesting battle between those two. So, first and foremost, I hope you have a really, really bad Saturday. Um, <laughs> I, w- I will be honest with you; I always leave that with you. Um, but enjoy, obviously, the rest of the season after that. I really hope that you do well. Like I say again, I think for me, the stadium light, you've been the most impressive side I've seen. Um, you give us Luke O'Neill, so Wickham are definitely in our good books. But uh, <laughs> have a, have a disappointing Saturday. But thanks for coming on, Nick. I really appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. I hope I wasn't Cheers, thank- too much. <laughs> thank you very much. Not a problem, man. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. So that is the end of the uh, the Wickham episode. I left the Luke O'Neill love in until right at the end. I love Luke O'Neill. Who doesn't love Luke O'Neill? It's just one of those things, isn't it? Just he's a universally loved player. But we're going to Wembley. Rather fantastically enough, I'm really excited for that. I'm sure there'll be a big scramble for tickets. Without a doubt, I hope, being a season ticket holder, I'm all right. I hope if you're worried about getting tickets, I hope you get one as well. Let's get as many as we can down there. 39,000 as it currently stands. 
I'd like to think we can get a few more in. Uh, we've got a few good podcasts coming up, uh, special edition ones with Mike Clegg coming up. I'm sure we'll have uh, Carlos Edwards uh, appearing on the podcast around the Walsall time. Uh, he's been on the extra podcast already this year, but obviously he's coming up as part of the Bet That competition, uh, which was won this week by two really lucky winners. Awesome competition, one I was really pleased to be involved with. Um, and then following that, touch wood, we might have a really, really special super guest um, following that. But uh, yeah, I don't want to tempt fate too much. But thanks for checking in. Have an absolutely fantastic Saturday. I hope you win again. I hope the winning one continues. I hope you all get your tickets for Wembley and I hope you've all enjoyed listening. Uh, I've been Graham. This has been the Rope Report Extra Podcast. Signing off. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAG, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAG is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAG, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.